I know Warren never uh, loses his chance to take a pot shot when I'm not here, so I was fully expecting. I don't a, even uh, think that was a pot shot. Yeah, you know, I was fully expected some, you know, some kind of shot across the bow. But hey, you know what? I'm back here, ready to roll. And uh, what was surprising to me was the host country of France. There was French French families there with uh, uh, USA jerseys on, which I thought was pretty cool, pretty interesting. Why do you, did you talk? Why were they? Uh, I guess you did. Did you know why they were wearing? Like American jerseys, or just, were they grateful for the help in World War II, or were they just uh, <laughs> were they just were they just cheering on the U.S. since they both have red, white, and blue? They stink so bad you can't even make it up. Now here, are your host of the short thing, Warren Shore and Ryan Silva. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in to this edition of The Shore Thing here on Talk Radio 1190. I'm your host, Warren Shore, here with Ryan Silva. And you can check us out here every Sunday night from 7 to 8 p.m. right here on Talk Radio 1190. Also, the iHeartRadio app as well. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and the iHeartRadio app as well. That's going to be The Shore Thing. And we also do a Thursday preview of the college weekend and Pick'em show. So check that out. Got some good picks for you there. We'll give an update on those uh, in the second segment. We come back from break. Good show plan. We're going to obviously talk a lot of football this week. Cowboys uh, had another win today against the Dolphins as expected. Uh, you can say a little tougher than usual in the first half, but we'll get to that game. We'll also go around the NFL. Got to talk Antonio Brown, hopefully for the last week. Until something else happens. Hopefully, this is the last time. Until the XFL season starts. <laughs> yes, up. until February. So, hopefully, this is the end of the Antonio Brown uh, discussion for us. And then we'll dive into the college football weekend yesterday. Uh, some uh, big matchups this weekend. A couple teams got to feel a little disappointed about how they played. And we'll get into that. And then Ryan's got his question of the week. And I got a question for him uh, as well that I've been probably meaning to ask you for about a month now. Okay. Uh, it was just a. Uh, or I don't know. I I'll, it's been a while. It's uh it's about the game of baseball, but so that's a little tease. Oh, there. I think I know where this is going. You, I guarantee you have no idea. All right. What do you think? You could, what do you think? I guess here. What do you think it is? Strike zone? No way. No, okay. no, 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 no. We've already had that discussion. Yeah, I just we, after after last night or uh, Friday night, excuse me. I thought for sure that's where you might. I be going. mean, look, the strike zone. It's just. I mean, it's it's not just a oh. I think they. It's just that. If we have something that could get it right, why not get it right? And if you just, it's the inconsistencies of calls to me that should just be taken away. And it's just like, or should you be able to challenge a strike? Like, what if you did that? No, see, that that's too much. Well, you're allowed two a game. You're allowed to challenge two pitches a game. Well, I'm just saying, like, some of these pitches, some of the, like, you could even say the same thing about Brett Gardner, what Joe West did to Brett Gardner the other night. You saw that one, right? Of course, yeah. Yeah, that one was atrocious. I mean, it's just, it just happens where there's a lot of, uh, misses that could be corrected but you could say that across all sports for sure but that's why we can now challenge pass interference for sure but that's more of a judgment call this is like hey we have a set strike zone of what it is like it's strike zone could kind of be a judgment call too i would say well yeah but it's supposed to be say hey it's this it's like shoulders to now it's come down to like i mean we could even go to the nba and say traveling for, okay, but we're just t- specifically talking about baseball. We're not talking about any other sports. No like, doubt, but I'm just saying, you know, you, again. Yeah, I, well, this, I know, I know, but uh, no, it's just I, I we're going to get the automated strike zone. I just don't know when, but we're getting it. All right. We're getting it. Uh, right. But no, it has not. it's not automated strike zone. 
Uh, not, it's not that easy a question. Not that easy a question. <laughs> but uh, Ryan, if you don't have anything uh, at the beginning, uh, just want to get right into it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, one quick thing. Shout out, Gabe. I know you're probably not listening. His birthday today, or actually his birthday Tuesday. One of my buddies, uh, actually going to be my neighbor, lives out in Princeton right now as well. Um, about a street over, his wife and Jamie went to school together, celebrated his birthday today. It's Tuesday, so shout out to him. Probably not listening, though, so it's falling on deaf ears. Okay, yes. Oh, one thing, uh, this is mainly uh, football-related, but kind of not. Do you, when your friends, do you have a lot of your friends gamble that you talk to or not? Actually, no. Okay. Like, I'm one of the few gamblers... If probably, I mean, you saw when we went to Vegas, yeah, you and yeah, I yeah. were the only ones that were yeah, throwing yeah. money down at the window. I guess I um, meant like on sports, like, so not a lot of them. No, right. Like, no, yeah. Same okay, thing. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm probably one of the only ones. And actually, well, I take that back. My friends from high school, that's when we got, we got into gambling was in high school. There was a site called Sense Sports. Did you ever follow yes, that? Yes. Yeah. You were on Sense Sports? I wasn't. I don't think I was on it, but I knew what I was well aware of what it was. Yeah. So we got on Sense Sport probably my sophomore year of high school. And then, so that's where my degenerate days started. So some of my older friends from high school, not anybody that I really keep in touch with anymore, they definitely gamble, but I'm probably one of the few of my, of okay. my friends now. My so friend none of my friends really from high school do it that I talk to. They'll, they'll like laugh at my, when I send them like videos of me, like freaking out over whatever, yeah. but a bunch of my friends that I caddy with or whatever they do it, nothing annoys me more. When they text me and be like, what do you think about the Browns tonight? I don't know. I've got no feel on the game. And they're like, why don't you help me out? I'm like, well, the whole starting secondary is out. What do you want me to tell you? They're like, come on, man. Come on. I have just Sorry. as much information as you do. Yes. Like, what do, what do I know? The offense hasn't been great. What do, what do I know about this? I don't know. I think they're playing the Super Bowl, the team that was in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. Like, like that is the – it's every game. It's like, oh, what do you think about the Browns? I don't know. I think they're going to do this, but – I'm also looking at it from a different sense of whatever. Right. It's just like, they're like, oh, you're killing me on this one. You're killing me. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just going through what I'm doing. It's just, oh, it just irks. Uh, I feel you. I actually I have a question for you. So the the book that we use now, I, I got you on there. Yeah. So were you were you gambling before then? No, 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 no. Not really. I just started when I went to the, <laughs> to the NCAA tournament games. I mean, I was obviously well aware of right. the spreads and everything, but I just – I was like, if I do it, I'm going to lose a ton of money. Yeah. Like, that was always what I was going to do. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to do it. And then when I, if I lose it, I'm done. And then, hey, we've been on a – we've been doing well. We've had our highs. We've for sure had our lows, but we've always never had to reload. You always got to follow uh, – uh, what's – Oh man, I remember his name all the time. Uh, Stanford Steve's buddy, uh, the Bear. The Bear, yeah. He bets. No, but his saying. Have you seen his set? Yeah, it's. Uh, it's. I listen to their podcast. They the say, less you bet, yes. the more you lose when you win. I know it's great. Uh, do you listen to their podcast? I do. Yeah, great stuff. It's, I mean, he bets everything. Yeah, that guy. I mean, he's talking on their podcast about. Oh, I like. Uh, uh, like a Wednesday evening horse race. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> like, oh, we got the ponies this weekend. He's like, man, I'm really excited for like the PGA Tour season to start last week. We get some golf on. I'm like, this is this guy's unbelievable. That's a true degeneracy. Right. I think this past this past week he's a Chelsea Chris guy. Chris Velika. That's his name. yes, Chris Velika. Uh, he had a Chelsea game. And they got robbed of a penalty call that he needed for like a draw. So he was going nuts when they were thinking, but all right, enough of that. I was just wondering if you had the people like always acting like, what do you think about this? What do you think? Yeah, no. Look, I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Um, all right. So the Cowboys today, winners 31 to 6, first half 10 to 6. Yeah. And probably could have been 13 6. Uh, thir- it could have been more. Yeah. 16. I think the Dolphins could have been up. They could have been up six, six, seven. They missed a field goal. Mm-hmm. They had the fumble. I thought the Dolphins outplayed the Cowboys in the first half. I don't 100%. know about you. No, I agree. And I don't think Rose. I've always been a fan of Rosen, but he's just had the worst. Like I don't think there's been a worse 
uh, two situations a quarterback, like a young guy has been into, hey, we're going to throw you to Arizona, no offensive line, then we'll throw you to Miami to start our career. Like, that guy's got – like, you put him – on the Cowboys, I'm not saying he's going to perform like Dak, but he's going to keep the offense moving, and it's going to be a, around him. Yeah, yeah, and he'll they'll still be winning with him. And uh, but I think Rosen for sure has something. I think. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, you know, it, again, it is tough to judge just based off numbers. You you definitely have to watch Rosen. I think because you look at his stat lines a lot of time, he'll be like 13 for 21 for like 87 yards or something like that. You know, like his his numbers, his box score doesn't tell what the talent is, but. Um, you know, going back, thinking about it, the first half, the Cowboys shot themselves in the foot numerous times with penalties. Uh, the Was the, the Randall Cobb, like, 80-yard touchdown, was that first half or second half that got called back uh, when he got face mask? I think that was first half. Yeah, when when he he got a face mask penalty drawn on him, but then there was a holding, so they offset. So that, that penalty or that touchdown got erased. I think he had another touchdown or at least another big catch erased. So there was... There was definitely some opportunities for the Cowboys to score more points in the first half that all got uh, offset by penalties. So the, you know, did the Dolphins outplay them? Maybe not, but it was definitely closer than uh, what the score was at halftime. And, and like you said, I mean, the the Dolphins left plenty of points out there on the field with the fumble inside the 15 yard line or whatever it was. was the field the five. It wasn't inside the five. Yeah. yeah. And what sucks even worse, I mean, not that you could get much worse than that, but it looked like it was forced by Kenyon Drake's own player. It looked like he was hitting the back. Uh, Jalen Smith kind of had an arm in there, so maybe that kind of you know that culminated with you know the the hit from the back along with Smith's arm coming into it. Yeah. But still, it's just tough, tough luck for. Uh, sure. Well, and the play before that, the guy can't hold on to the inner the t- catch in the end zone. That was a good oh, play by yeah. the DB. Yeah. Great play by uh, Cheeto in there to knock it loose, but can't hold it long enough to call it a touchdown. And every it seemed like there was one a drive where Rosen would just throw a guy right in the. Right, neither in the and numbers. Just right in the hands. Right, that the one, the Devonte Parker. Yeah. I mean, we, my dad and I joked. He threw it too good. It was too good a pass for Parker to catch. Like he was making some good throws in the end. And Dak was not like Dak in the first two games, where it looked like he was trying to just throw the fifty, get the fifty-yard bomb going on every single. He wanted the deep ball, and he made some dumb throws across the middle. A couple of them. Could have been picked off. He had that one get the picked one off. Did, yeah. But there could have been a couple more that were just into double coverage. Like he was he was not smart in the first half. There was one I think he threw into triple coverage to Devin Smith. Yeah. And uh like I said, I was over at my buddy Gabe's house watching the game and he goes, Look, man, I'm all I'm all good for the bomb, but let's be a little smart here. I mean, you got three guys surrounding Devin Smith. I mean, it probably could have been picked off. It was a little underthrown. Um, but I agree. It was kind of like if you if you guys have been listening, you guys have been following along to what I've been talking about, Bo Nix, where it's like sometimes when you're playing lesser talent, you feel like you can get away with some of these throws. And I feel like that was kind of the mindset Dak had was like, hey, these guys aren't very good. Uh, they they just lost their best player in the secondary. So let's take some shots downfield and see what we can do. I'm just going to throw it up and see if somebody can catch it. But you still got to remember, this is still the NFL, bud. Like guys are going to be able to make plays on balls and you can end up getting yourselves in trouble if you make too many of those throws. Yeah. And it's just the the outcome of the game was never in doubt. Like even when it was a halftime, ten to six, I don't think anyone thought the Dolphins were going to come back and win. Or uh, I'm surprised maybe they didn't score a field goal or something like that in the second in the second half. But they put the clamps on them. Uh, they got three sacks, which was good. Uh, the Cowboys' defensive line, Demarcus Lawrence, was. I'm a little. Uh, I know it's three games in, but aren't you a little worried about Lawrence? I think his shoulders is is messing up on. On uh, on Lawrence right now. I know it's early, but like the defensive line hasn't 
hasn't been as advertised. I know Woods was out. They had Crawford was off or was out again today. So they've had injuries up front. But you pay a guy, highest paid defensive end in the league. You got to get some sacks on your own. Got to create on your own. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And we talked before, um, you know, with that torn labor. I'm like, that's always going to be an For issue. Sure. So I think he's still, he's probably still working into it. I think if we're still seeing this trend, Week five, week six, week seven, then we can start questioning yeah. it. But right now, I would still kind of lean towards the fact of he's still trying to work it in. You know what I mean? Like a like a brand new baseball glove. Like you're still trying to break it in a little bit, make it a little bit easier to squeeze. But like I said, if it, if it goes another few weeks, another three, four weeks, and he's still not performing to the level that uh, he's expected to or the what we've seen in the past, then I really think that's when you start to question. It was good to see Robert Quinn got at least half a sack, right? Or did he get a full sack? Oh, uh, um, I, I got the box. I know I saw. Too. I know I saw it. Uh, saw him in on a sack. I just don't know if they credited. He him had a couple half. of pressures when he got away. Rosen scrambled on one and he got away. Robert Quinn, he. He had a sack. One he had full one, sack. one full, one full sack. So mm-hmm. they did credit him. So that you know, that's always good. To, you know, first game back, have a little bit of an impact there. Yeah. Um, and Taco. Yeah, Taco had Get a couple the sack. Get that, the sack. That was wild. When I did see, I want. I meant to mention that uh, too. When when you know after they released him on Wednesday and uh, Thursday, the Dolphins put the claim in on him and got him, which is which was wild. That I mean, obviously the Dolphins are going to be the first waiver claim, and that's the guy that they target. I don't know who else was out there, but. Uh, well, no, they get first whoever's on waivers. They get first dibs for anyone. Right, right. But it's not like they can't get they, – they wouldn't be able to get like three guys. Yeah, on they can. Fr- oh, they can? Yeah. Oh, You see, have the worst record. You you get first pick on every single player that goes through waivers. Oh, it's see, not like a fan where you – no, it is. You get first pick on every single guy that goes to waivers. Oh, okay. All right. And well, that's then why I stand the, corrected. That's why the best – it's always best to have the worst re- – well, it's not best to have the worst record the year before. But like Arizona this year, number one pick, they got the first claim on all the guys that like got caught. Yeah. So it's always good to get that. All right. We'll take a quick break here. Come back. Uh, t- put some finishing touches on the Cowboys talk as it was a pretty uneventful game today, and then we'll go around the NFL. That's coming up next year. Short Think Talk Radio, eleven ninety. Warren and Ryan back here. Short Think Talk Radio, eleven ninety. We were talking about the Cowboys, thirty-one to six win over the Dolphins. Move to three and zero. Finally, get an exciting game, I think, and we'll take a little deeper dive into the game next week after they play the Saints. Oh, that's on Sunday nights. Will be going on uh, while we're on the show, but yeah. these last three weeks. It's been kind of the same thing. The offense has been great. The talent le- or the level of competition has been poor. So finally, this coming up stretch, they play the Saints and they got the Packers. So we'll finally get to see a little bit more of what the Cowboys uh, can do. But uh, before we go around the NFL, the running game today was great. Zeke, 19 for 125. Pollard, 13 for 103 yards and a big, big touchdown. If you can catch my drift late in the game, uh, that had a lot of people cheering. Um and yeah, it was just a solid performance. And I'm not really, I'm not surprised Pollard. We were talking last week about how many carries is Pollard going to normally get in a game. 13 this week isn't surprising at all, just because of the Dolphins. And you're going to take Zeke out in the fourth quarter. In the fourth quarter, when you're up uh, 24 to six, and the game's pretty much over, uh, so you're going to let Pollard get the run there. So that is not surprising to me at all. Yeah, no, we talked, you know, how he's pretty much just a spellback. You know, whenever Zeke needs a breather, although it looked like in the second quarter there. I didn't. I thought maybe Zeke was was maybe banged up or something, or if he just was just you know worn out. But put, Tony Pollard was in there for quite some time, uh, getting quite a few touches there in that second quarter. Ends up breaking a nice little run for a touchdown late in the game. Um, and we're looking at 200 yard rushers on the day for for the Cowboys. I think they said that's first time since '98. Um, which you know, if that's the case, yeah, like you said, it is against the Dolphins. Uh, is that something you can expect every week? No, but it's good to know that. If need be, Tony Pollard looks like he could get the job done. Yeah, oh, for sure. And I think 
he could get the job done for I'll say five six weeks. Uh, right now, obviously, if Zeke's out for a while, you you're comfortable in Pollard. Uh, but yeah, he he looked like he get the job done in preseason. Now, I'd, is he going to be able to lead the league in rushing like Zeke did last year? Probably not. not. Yeah. But so you're going to have a little bit of a drop off from Zeke's performance. But he's able. He's going to be able to. Uh, um, he's going to be able to to carry the load and and be a serviceable, if not a, above, like a say. I don't know, 60% above average type of running back. Like if you're talking like if it's a war, we got war in here. He's probably got a war of about one, one, one point two. Like he's above, he's a, he'll, he could be an above average running back. I think behind this offensive line. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. The offensive line gives him a huge bump there, but I do like his quickness. I mean, he, he's, he's a, a very quick guy back there. Like we said, he's not, he's not your typical third down back. I mean, although he could be, but with Zeke, you know, he's not, he's not going to be. How about Memphis putting out two two running backs yeah, that out. are that are and Pollard wasn't even the starter at Memphis uh, for them. All right, so that we'll get more into the Cowboys Saints game on Thursday. Check us out, Short Thing Talk Radio or Short Thing on the Apple Podcast app. Uh, we'll do our picks there. Get into the Cowboys. Uh, all right, you want to get AB here before we go a little around the Let's NFL. He got released on Friday afternoon. I don't think it was. Were you surprised he got released? No, I wasn't either. And the problem I have with this, first of all, Bill Belichick, you have to answer these. You can't just say you you've built up this persona of oh this and that of all the uh, all the uh, questions of like oh playing I don't know what is it like just being standoffish you could say yeah and he's built that up and some of it is fine whatever. But when it's coming to the Antonio Brown, you can't sign a player. I guess you can, but you can't get mad when the media asks about ask these questions about the guy and say, we just want to stick to football. Right. You cannot do that. You signed him. Uh, and my biggest problem is, is saying, oh, the Patriots cut him immediately when they found out something happened. No, they did not. The civil suit came out last Wednesday or Thursday. And then the story for SI with Robert Klimko came out a couple days after that. So, no, you didn't. You cut him immediately. You cut him when the civil suit comes out. You had to, You waited till you played him in a game against the Dolphins that you didn't need him to to beat the Dolphins. And then these text messages come out because he's texting uh, one of the people that was in this Klemko story. And uh, then he gets released because they said conduct detrimental. So if, if, if he would have just stayed quiet and the civil suit let go, he'd still be on the team. But it's his own doing. And the whole thing's, oh, the Patriots did the right. No, they didn't. They cut him. They should have cut him immediately when the civil suit is. And that's what really irks me about the praise, I guess, of the Patriots. If you can't, okay, so you want to say that it, the civil suit and stuff didn't happen under the Patriots. This happened under them. Okay, but guess what? Trouble still came out when he was on your team and you did nothing. You let him play in a game. Yeah, exactly. Everyone thought that once that all that stuff came out last week uh, before the game that they, they, they either should have A, benched him, put him on the, the commissioner's exempt list, or like they did and just cut him. So I don't think you can really give the, the Patriots any type of credit for keeping him for as long as they did. Um, I honestly... Although I, I, I can't say I'm not shocked that they cut him. I wouldn't have been shocked if they wouldn't have cut him. You know what I mean? And then try to play the card of, well, we'll let the judicial process play out and see what comes of it. And would they have caught flack for that? Absolutely. Would have been deserved? Absolutely. But also I wouldn't have been totally shocked if they um, – would if they would have kept him around just to say and maybe made him inactive just say hey look we're gonna let the judicial process play out if he's guilty we'll cut ties if he's innocent then you know we have a guy on on our team i think a big factor 
and maybe not everybody has mentioned this, but the fact that the Robert Kraft saga from the offseason probably had a little bit more to do with him being cut as soon as he did, even though it wasn't soon at all. But if they would have been going through the offseason without any blemishes on their, uh, you know, on the organization, I think they would have been more inclined to keep him around and, and use that excuse of, well, we'll see where these allegations lead. Yeah, I guess. I mean, Antonio Brown was tweeting today, and the he mentioned the Robert Kraft thing. And look, he's got a. You could say he's got a point. Kraft hasn't 100%. been Kraft hasn't been punished. But guess what? That's what happens when you own the team in the NFL. They're going to be harder on the players than they are on the owners, at least so far. Um, so that's that's how I feel about that. But I just the whole like, and then his interview with Dana Jacobson like today, like. You got to ask these. You gonna first of all, it's the reporter's job to ask the questions, yeah. and you can't be mad. You you brought this on to yourself, and sure, you got rid of him. That's fine. I don't. You don't. He's probably not playing again. Do you think? No, I mean, he said himself he wasn't yeah, going to. Yeah, but, but I don't. I don't know. If you're gonna. You're gonna tell me that someone offers him a big time guarantee, not saying any team would. He's gonna turn down the NFL. I don't think I'm buying that. Yeah, I mean, to to some degree, and when I said that, you know. I don't. We don't expect to see AB until the XFL comes around. Like I would not be shocked to see him in the XFL. I wouldn't either. Although they have said that they will, that they don't want anybody with any criminal history or any previous official issues. Suit. Right. It's still a civil suit. But if if you know he gets all clear from this, I wouldn't be surprised to to see him suiting up for. Uh, you probably know, not the Dallas Renegades. Probably not the Dallas Renegades. Maybe though, with with Bob Stoops coaching. What you know? about the? Uh, does Miami have an XFL team? I know Tampa Bay Vipers. Uh, yeah, Tampa Bay Vipers. Yeah, that's the only Florida team. I think he team. sounds like a Viper to me. Maybe the New York team? Ooh, that could be good there. Yeah. But also, Klemko uh, was on uh, Boston radio station on Friday morning, and he said there's someone uh, could bring a federal uh, criminal suit against Antonio Brown, not debt or sexual harassment or assault, anything related. So something completely different. Like what? That he did, he. He couldn't say, but he knows of someone that's they're bring they're getting information and getting stuff ready to potentially file that. This is this is the but most wild. Say, he, that's what I've he said seen. on when he was on in Boston, and even Albert Breer said that there that he's heard of something, and they're like, "What is it?" They're like, "Well, we can't we, it's, we just know that it's they're doing more reporting on it." So it's not sexual harassment. It's not debt. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's got to be physical assault yeah, or, or some, murder. Some, I don't know. You just said there's, there's, that's what's maybe extortion. Like maybe he's extorting somebody or blackmailing somebody. I mean, that's wild. If this is if this, I mean, we met, we talked about this um, on earlier this week. Ryan Clark had a fantastic interview on the Rosillo show about two years ago when the first kind of incident between Antonio Brown and Ben Roethlisberger came up. He, because Ryan Clark played for the Steelers, obviously was a safety. He said. Look, Antonio Brown has done a great job of fooling everybody. He said the media loves him. The fans love him. He's a darling. He's got this big smile. He goes out, talks about how hard he practices. He goes out, plays, you know, hard, puts up these great numbers. He said, but deep down in the locker room, this is not a great dude. This guy is not a good dude at all. And he's fooled everybody from the media to the fans to the uh, to some of his teammates. He goes, but I know I played against or I played with that guy. I was in the locker room with him. This dude is not a good dude. And that that kind of went under the radar. And it's coming out to be that Ryan Clark hit the nail on the head right yeah. there. This is not a good dude, if, whether it's uh, uh, threatening women and their children, whether it's you know not paying people for services that he got, or whether it's farting in doctors' faces while they're trying to give him a sonogram on his abs. And how about throwing that uh, sofa off the uh, balcony that one time? Yeah. Like, all this stuff. Like And Josina Anderson, who I think has a good relationship with Antonio Brown, uh, just from her previous reporting, 
uh, and interview she got, she, uh, she said he needs some serious mental health. Like he is, he is just go- going insane, going crazy. So, going, I think he's full yeah. blown there. Um, and a lot of this is self inflicted for him, like losing uh, forty million. It's pretty much all self inflicted on the oh, guaranteed 100%, money. Yeah. All right, we come back here. Short thing, talk radio eleven ninety. We'll get to college football because uh, we got a lot of big games to talk about. So that's coming up next here, talk radio eleven ninety. Morning, Ryan, here with you on the Shore Thing Talk Radio 1190. Check us out every Sunday night right here on Talk Radio 1190. All right, so we'll get to college football right now. Uh, where do you want to start, Ryan? Uh, I mean, do you, want, do you want to give an update on our picks? Oh, yeah, 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 our picks. Uh, go ahead. How was your uh, – uh, co- I feel like you're better at the NFL than college going back to last year. I feel like that would be f- correct. Um, looked at a th- oh, that had a three and four week this week. Terrible, terrible backdoor cover by Tulane on uh, Thursday to uh, go ahead and win against Houston. I had Houston plus five. Although I did peg SMU, I said they might win outright. I'm surprised that on that Thursday you didn't just have them on. Anyways, like I was stunned. Yeah, I I, I should have obviously because they ended up yes. winning outright. Did you, matter of fact, have you seen those Dallas uniforms? Yeah, they have? pretty good. Those are so. Well, they dope. mopped the floor with UNT and they mopped the floor with the. Well, I wouldn't say mopped the floor against TCU, but they were up the whole game. I mean, on they were it. they were ten point uh, yeah. dogs, so um, they did. And then they're gonna wear them against Houston as well. Yeah, those are filthy. I, I actually got online to look to see if they had any kind of merchandise. They don't have any. It's I a was, shame that they're not playing UCF this year. I was looking forward, hopefully looking forward to that. But Why is that? Because they're, well, UCF versus SMU. But oh, just because the other good, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so, yeah, three and four uh, week this week. Luckily, I had Texas at minus five and a half. It ended up closing around seven, so uh, we got the win there. But, yeah, three and four on the week this week. Uh, overall, 15 and 16 on the season. But in plenty of time. A lot of time. Plenty of time. I went uh, NFL. What do you what do you uh, update us on the NFL? Uh, NFL this week, I'm, I'm one and three right now. Uh, Tennessee absolutely doo-dooed all over themselves. Uh, Atlanta, I don't know. I'm done with Atlanta. I'm not betting. Them. I've read Atlanta right back-to-back weeks. You have. I'm. I think I'm done with them. I, I actually think I'm going to start riding the Colts a little bit heavier. Yeah. Um. But uh, so lost Atlanta, lost Tennessee. Giants covered, and then I lost the Oakland plus eight and a half. So and I still got Washington going tomorrow, which I do feel pretty good about. All right. Uh. So I'm one and three right now. Hopefully finish up two and three. Uh, but I'm sitting at uh, eight and six overall so far. All right, so college, I went four and four yesterday. Lost the first three of the day. Northwestern, big time letdown there. Uh, and then, so I'm nineteen, twelve, and one in the college. Yeah, you fixed a ton of games so far. I've gone eight or seven each week. Okay. Um. So yeah. So, uh, I've gone six and two, four and four, six and three, four and four. So, hey, listen, listen to the show on Thursday. We the trends are looking good. And then NFL right now, I'm three and one. Got the Browns plus three. Don't really like those odds, especially after their first offensive drive. Uh, and uh, yeah, three and one uh, in the NFL. So that has me uh, nine and uh, five. Okay. Uh, so if they lose, I'll have three straight, three and two weeks. Uh, so we're on that trend. All right, to college we go. Uh, we'll start off here in the state of Texas. We'll start off with the Longhorns first. Uh, they are winners yesterday. Uh, as Ryan said, he was happy because it got him a cover against Oklahoma State. And that was an exciting second quarter. I don't know if I'd say it was an exciting uh, 
entire game. It kind of lost some steam to me in the third quarter, but they went 36 to 30. And uh, Ellinger was great. Four touchdowns in the air. Again, um, uh, Devin DuVernay, he just catches. I mean, the guy catches everything. everything. He catches everything. Colin Johnson, did he play last night? I don't think he did. He didn't get, catch a ball last night. I think I don't think he did either. Um, I think he did get banged up in uh, last week's game. Um, I would have to double check on that. But yeah, he. I mean, he didn't show up in the in the box score, the stat sheet. So yeah. if he did, uh, that's tough night. Tough. But I'll say this: Oklahoma's play calling has to be the worst I've ever seen. You have a dynamic quarterback like Spencer Sanders. That was was that your first time seeing Spencer Sanders? That play? was my first he's time watching him. He's pretty, not bad. He's he pretty good. He's really good, and he's definitely going to be good in the future. The guy's electric on the outside. You run it, literally, it's HB dive every single play. I understand Chuba Hubbard's a good running back. But you run it 37 times, and he averages 3.3. Pathetic. Change it up. Change it up a little bit. But uh, first time Texas, Oklahoma State have won five in a row in Austin uh, against the Longhorns. So uh, they finally uh, uh, got those demons out of there for the Longhorns. But... They needed that one, and it was looking like it was going to be a big-time shootout there going in the second half, but the, both defenses really played pretty well. Yeah, uh, like you said, Sam Ellinger had another great game, 20 of 28, four tutties, one, only one interception. The running game looked really good as well. Uh, Keontae Ingram had 21 for 114. I mean, that's that's huge. If you can you know, keep matriculating the ball down the field and picking up first downs and picking up big chunk yardage on the ground, and you don't have to rely on Sam Ellinger alone. I mean, he even he had 10 rushes for uh, 70 yards, and we know he's always good for uh, at least I would say even at least 50 yards on the ground uh, per game. But uh, you know that, that we we talked uh, um, Wednesday or Thursday, excuse me, and said you know it was it the Longhorns got to win out. They have to win out, and uh, they had to put up a if good they showing. Make against, the playoffs. Right, if they want to make the playoffs, right? Um, they had to they had to put up a good showing and beat Oklahoma State. Obviously, um, I thought this game was going to be. Uh, I didn't think it was going to be this close, but like you said, uh, the uh, Spencer Sanders. I mean. He he definitely stood out to me and jumped off the screen and and did what it took to uh, keep Oklahoma State you know somewhat close in this game for the most part uh, or excuse me through the most most part of the game so you know shout out to them but uh, you know another good showing by Texas I don't know if we can say Texas is back yet they still got to keep keep on rolling yeah I'm not ready to say that they're back uh, they got they got at West Virginia they're off this coming week then they got West Virginia Oklahoma. Uh, are their next two games. So, Which uh, even Tom Herman said they definitely need this bye week because they are banged they, up. Yeah, well, they have one running back. They have one healthy running back that has uh, been out there. Um, so, yeah, they're going to need that. All right, to the Aggies. Uh, tough one. Uh, Canceled. <laughs> they lose 28-20 uh, to, to Auburn. And what I – I look, if you hear I'm not a fan of the I, – I don't want to say this. I just the Aggie fans just annoy me. So sorry, Jamie. I th- I mean I think I mean she's top of the list. I <laughs> I didn't say that. I did. I know. I'm just saying I didn't say that. It's just the oh we got Jimbo this and that we're going to be really really good this year. And if you can look on the field this year, they all they always have a lot of talent. And we both said that. I thought I actually thought A and M was going to win this game. Yeah. I thought A and M was going to win this game. I thought. I know it's like, oh, Bo Nix on the road first game. Okay, but you're supposed to have a good home field advantage. It's supposed to mean something, especially in the SEC. Also, you build a stadium that's 100 and something, 2,000, 101,000, you cannot have empty seats for when that number eight three team of the country comes in. Oh, in the oh, upper yeah. deck? No, agree. Like, especially a, a conference opponent. Yes. No, yes. 
I mean, you cannot have empty seats. And yeah. this is – there's a lot of empty seats there in a lot of games. So they, their, their offense stinks. And I was going to say – well, before we get into that, I think Johnny – we could get into this at another time. Johnny was the worst thing that ever happened to them. Right. He yeah, was in the a way, worst. Yes. I know it was good at the time, but it was the worst thing that happened to them. Kellen Mond, he stinks. I mean, he – he he makes they were talking about on the broadcast early on he was making those like you in route to the dig route across the middle he makes those throws great but he misses a he i feel like he lets say he has a bad throw there's pressure in his face he lets that affect him for a couple plays mm-hmm. and not just gets over and he gets on to the next play he's got a little snowball effect i'm not saying it's the entire uh drive that it happens but there's something where he makes a bad throw or something wrong it let, it affects the next player a couple plays, and it just snowballs from there. And he just couldn't. The run game yesterday was atrocious. The second time this year that the defensive line, their offensive line has been dominated by a really good front four, which Auburn's front four, as we said, is one of the best in the country. Just like Clemson's is one of the best in their country. They got dominated. They couldn't now 56 yards, 21 carries for 2.7 yards. They just couldn't do anything. And it was all Mond had to do it through the air. And he just he's he can't win a game on his arm. Yeah, no, uh, you you definitely uh, took the words out of my mouth. The the offensive line, to to your point about Kellen Mond, I think the pressure literally gets to him. You know, if if he is, does get pressured, and, you know, has has defensive linemen right in his face when he's throwing, or he gets rid of it, gets and then he gets hit or he gets sacked. I do think that kind of gets in his head a little bit and sticks with him for a good while, especially if it happens numerous times within a short span, because then he gets real erratic and he gets real kind of, uh, I guess, squirrely would be a way to describe it in the pocket where just, you know, if he has the ball for longer than two seconds, all of a sudden he's trying to scramble around, but it's not productive scrambling. It's just kind of, like I said, like squirrely, like running back and forth side to side instead of trying to get north and south. Um, and it's, it's a shame because if he had – more time and their offensive line was better i mean he's got good weapons i mean he still passed for 335 yards and two touchdowns against a pretty good auburn defense but i mean he's got guys like jamon osmond uh courtney davis uh, uh kendrick rogers like he's still got some really good uh um weapons on the outside as far as the passing game goes the running game hasn't been there all year so that's tough especially coming off of last year when they had Travion Williams who was a pretty good running back and could get the job done pretty well for him so I was another guy that they could rely on to move the ball uh, other than just Kellamon but the fact that the offensive line just cannot protect him has a big effect not only you know play by play but even further than that because again I like I said like we both said I, I just think the pressure of the defense getting to him really gets in his head mentally. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And the problem with the or the Aggies, I guess, is they've always had skill positions. Yeah. That has never been what's lacking for them. It's you could say, oh, someone wasn't a good coach. Now the quarterbacks has been an has uh has been an issue. So it's it's what's well, there's just a lot of they haven't been able to well when the quarterback's been there they've they've gotten beat by good teams or they have a letdown or something like that it's just it's like always one thing like either they have a good offense good quarterback sure. and a, and a bad secondary bad. right yes. yeah you know like they'll they'll have a good like defensive line like front four but again the, the secondary is bad or or like right now they have really good skill players but the offensive line can't protect anybody or they have a good offensive line when they had guys like jake matthews and a couple of those other dudes and then they didn't have any skill players behind them mm-hmm. you know it's it's always like one thing or the other which couldn't happen to a, a better uh, program down there. It is, in, uh, it is funny. Uh, it's always bad. You give up a reverse on the first drive that goes to the house. Yeah, I mean, that's that, tough. that is a tough. That's a tough, tough one. And it seems like Gus Malzahn is always on the hot seat. I mean, 
all that guy choice. lives on the hot seat, and he somehow finds a way to win. And he does it again, and it's incredible what he's doing. Uh, he just he finds a way. And Bo, I mean, true freshman quarterback, he threw. He was twelve of twenty for a hundred yards yeah. and a touchdown. Bo Nix, and I didn't think Bo Nix played terrible. I thought he was fine. They just ran the ball. They just they got good field position. Forty two carries, two one hundred ninety three on the ground, and they just ran their system and drain a clock, drain the clock, let them get short fields. They took advantage of short fields, and. It's the Aggies, and they lose another rank to a ranked team at home, and it's probably going to be unless they pull off a win. Now they got to win either against Alabama, Georgia on the road, and LSU on the road in back-to-back weeks. Those are Georgia, LSU last two weeks on the road to finish the season if they want to get eight wins and to win out. So, and we need it. <laughs> you need some it. of us more than others. <laughs> yeah, you need it. It's tough. It's tough. Big it's, time tough. And you, I, going into the schedule, you knew it was going to be tough. You had those four tough games. Yeah. So you're hoping to maybe pick one of them off. And Auburn was the one I think you're hoping the, for. Yeah, this is one. But that it's was just most, like most winnable. I don't know. I I don't want to say seven and five. It's a it's a step back in the record book if they do if they do do what most people would think. But I think we got to see how it plays out. If you could call this season a failure for the Aggies, depending what the expectations are, but uh, I think depending, I mean, do you think they should make a switch at quarterback? No, I okay. think Kellerman's their best option. I, I, they, they just need an offensive line. I, I said at the beginning of the year, I think Kellerman is a really good quarterback. He's going to be a four-year guy. Um, he's taken, he took a big step last year under under uh, Jimbo. I think he has taken a step back this year as far as his progression and his uh, ability as a quarterback. But I think it all stems from the lack of protection up front. Yep. All right. We come back here on Talk Radio 1190. We can get into Michigan if you want. And, oh, yeah. Uh, and then uh, I'm like, sure you want to. Oh, I, look, it's just. It's like beating a dead horse. It gets old after say, a while. You, you always just, enjoy dancing on a grave. I know, but it's, it, look, it just gets a little tired. But we'll get into <laughs> Michigan a little bit. we got a couple questions for each other uh, coming up next here. Short thing. Final segment, Talk Radio 1190. Back here, Talk Radio 1190. Warren. And Ryan here with you for about the next 12 minutes. Check us out we'll be back on Thursday. That is going to be on the internet, on the RSS feed, that is Apple Podcasts, the show thing. So check us out there. We'll give you the picks and preview of the upcoming football weekend. All right, so Michigan, sorry to say it, to Jim Harbaugh. He's now 0-7 as an underdog. His ranked record, I think he's won one game against a ranked team at Michigan. It sucks. They were down 28 nothing. Uh, thirty-five, nothing. Actually, he's they stunk up the joint, and really, all all Wisconsin did was run the ball. Uh, that's really all they did. And I Harbaugh after the game said, uh, they were out coached, out prepared. How are you out prepared when you have a bye week leading into this game? No kidding. I like how I don't. I just say I I. That always blows my mind when when the coaches in general say we got out coach we're out coach okay I could see you make some bad in game adjustments okay when you say we're you're out prepared that is when it blows my mind because you literally say you're in the office at four thirty in the morning and you don't leave till ten o'clock what are you doing right you're playing Xbox you got some Fortnite Call of Duty what up man going like what are you doing why are you in there so long if you're getting out prepared like what's going on I that blows my mind but Michigan. Look, as we said before, it just gets tired beating the dead horse. They don't win the big games. 
And uh, that's what happened again. And Shea Patterson stinks. I thought all we heard about this offseason when Michigan was new up tempo offense. And what were they doing against Wisconsin? I formation, I formation the first couple drives, and they spread it out. Shea Patterson is not a good guy in the pocket and under an I formation quarterback. He's a spread it out guy. That's what he is. And you know what? This is what Michigan. We got a ton of people. We saw. We both saw this coming. We. I don't know if we saw total domination, but I think we both said Wisconsin was going to win. Yeah. But it was a pure domination, and Harbaugh. I, I, they're, ne- they're never going to find a better coach for them at Michigan, but is he really even that good a college coach now? Are we getting to the point of where he's a good college coach, but he's just bad in the big games? It's it's wild because the the Jim Harbaugh that we saw at Stanford is totally different, I think, than the Michigan Jim Harbaugh. Because there's no pressure at Stan- to win at Stanford. It's Stanford. He but he still Michigan. won. I mean, the Pac-12 is still a – I mean, say what you will, it's still a good conference. No, no, I, I'm not saying – that. I think it's there's more pressure to win at Michigan. Then there is at Stanford to win. Oh, so no. That, I, so that's yeah, why. Yeah, I agree. And his, but still. his blunders, I think, are more noticeable at Michigan than they are at Stanford because, one, half their games could be at 930 and no one's paying attention. You wake up, oh, Stanford lost. Big deal. This, I mean, they're playing 11 o'clock or 230 big-time games. But he still won at Stanford. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's 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 my thing. But yeah, what did he, yeah, what, yeah. He had a, he had a generational quarterback in Andrew Luck. Absolutely. That 100% helps but everything. But what did he really win at Stanford? games <laughs> well he's, he's won games at michigan too and he yeah no i mean i guess you're right i guess you're right i think that i think i would not be surprised if this is harbaugh's last season in michigan on his own terms they're never going to fire him for the exact point of what you just said that, that's the best coach that they're going to be able to get they're never going to be able to find a better coach for michigan but i think the way he's coaching this team is maybe it's either one, just stubborn, or two, just stupid. It's one of the two because we've seen Nick Saban change his offense. We've seen Coach O change the, his offense. Mm-hmm. We've seen numerous guys that change from the the I-formation, grounded pound, just run it out, run it out, run it out, play action pass, to spreading it out, these quick passes, the the, the stereotypical college offense that we've been seeing com- coming along for the last 10, 15 years. We've seen guys that, that usually just run this I-formation, run it up the middle, pound it, pound it, pound it, change their offense because they realize, hey, look, this isn't working, and if we're going to win ballgames, we're going to have to change it. And for whatever reason, Jim Harbaugh just seems reluctant, stubborn, or is just – and I can't even say that he's too dumb to do it because we know Jim Harbaugh is obviously a good uh, or smart guy. At least I would I would, I would, would assume so. And he's a football guy, and it runs through his veins. I mean, he comes from a coach. His brother's obviously a coach. They've both found success both in the NFL and, and him in college, some success. But it's like I don't understand – what the issue is of how he cannot change this offense to realize that what he's doing right now is not going to win. And granted, in the Big Ten, other than Ohio State, a lot of these teams do try to just line it up and run the ball. Ohio State's kind of one of the only few that Penn I would State say. Penn State spreads it out a little Penn, bit. Penn State, yeah, that's a, that's a, yeah, you know, but they're they're not very good at it. Um, but uh, you know, so I could give him some leniency there. But still, if you want to be successful, if you want to be the Michigan guy, if you want to win at Michigan, you have to change with the times. But that was the point of Josh Gaddis coming in, their new offensive coordinator. He's going to let him control the offense. So it didn't happen yesterday. Maybe it happens throughout the season. But here's Harbaugh's Stanford uh, last point before we move on. His record at Stanford, 29-21 and 21 in four years at Stanford. 21 and 15 in the Pac 12 conference, which was surprising to me. I thought he had a little more success. He went four and eight, five and seven, eight and five, and 12 and one was his last season where they finished second and won in, won in Orange Bowl. Wow. So okay. it's like 
And he so, had yeah, one good right. season, yeah. parlayed it into the NFL. The NFL and the 49ers, which he was great in the NFL. And then at Michigan, 10 and 3, 10 and 3, 8 and 5, 10 and 3, and now he's 2 and 1. So. Which is crazy because, I mean, 10 and 3, like most schools would be pretty happy with that. Well, Michigan would be happy with 10 and 3 if one of those 10 wins would, or one of those wins would be against Ohio State. Right. Like, but it just hasn't happened that way. All right. So, last five minutes, we'll get into the questions. Yours, uh, is yours discussion topic or what? What go first with your uh, okay? Question. We'll I'll go, go with mine. mine first. Quick addendum to my question last week, which was if you could go back and reverse. Yeah. I thought of a I've thought of one that I might consider changing instead of the 2001 World Series, and that's the Robert Ori foul against Steve Nash. Oh, okay, yeah, that's the where yeah. Mari Stoudemire yeah. and, a bunch, and yeah. Leandro Barbosa, a bunch of guys, everyone guys got, got suspended. suspended. Yeah, everyone yeah. got suspended for one game. Suns probably should have won the championship that year, but so that might be the only one. This one. Kind of kind of weird. All right, so you're in a coma for a year. Okay. For you're in a coma for the rest of your life. But for whatever reason, you have three days that you can pick to wake up and watch whatever sporting event is going on that day. 24 hours. Okay. What are you picking? Uh, one will be Sunday at the Masters. Figured. Uh, 24, uh, 24 hours. Like, could you go start at one time and then, like, 24 hours. Okay. Uh, one of the days of the... Uh, I'll say I'll say midnight to midnight. Okay. One of the first days of the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Third... Don't know what... Uh, whichever's got the better games. <laughs> Let me wake me up for those. And then the third would probably be... Uh, unless it's the Super Bowl. Oh, World Cup final, but it's the World Cup year. I'll do that. Okay. Or the Super Bowl. Yeah, see, I'm I'm going Super Bowl. I'm going the Thursday of... Uh, the opening uh, of the tournament, and then I'm actually going to go Thanksgiving because okay, that's good. There's know, a lot we, of college basketball too. College basketball, right. you got plenty of football, and it's Thanksgiving. Yeah. so I mean, come that's on, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. You're all gonna right. get some college football too. Yeah, the Egg Bowl is yeah. every there. Um, all right, so that's a good one. Mine is, uh, I saw this on Twitter like a couple months ago, and I was like, oh, this is a good one. Um, what do you think the perfect amount of runs scored in a baseball game is? Like to make a good game. This guy said seven. Because a seven nothing, it's a blowout, but it's not like too big. Six to one, okay, depending when those runs are scored, it could still be a close game. Five to two, it's five to two going to the ninth. You get some real drama, say whatever team. Four to three, you're looking at a real barn burner. So what do you think? And and you still get good pitching. So it's not like, oh, a bunch of it's not like nine runs where it could be nine nothing, eight whatever. I I think I tend after thinking about this a lot. I think I tend to seven runs might be the perfect. So so total runs total runs between, between both, both teams. teams. Oh okay. Yeah, between both teams, not like one team scores seven. It's yeah. it's total in the game. Oh uh, wow, that is a good question. I would yeah, I mean seven's not bad. Um, I would maybe lean. I might even say five. Because if you get five zero, you're fine. Four to one, you're in that grand slam range where it's like, sure. you know, this could this could it's a winner one one out. swing of a bat yeah. and we're good. Uh, you know, three to two, obviously you're coming down. You're definitely relying on your on your setup man and your closer to close it out. So I would go, I would go in that five to six range. So I I would I'm not too far off the seven runs. Yeah, I think between both teams, I would say. Five and a half. Because I think his point of why seven is he goes, you could say both teams scored. It's still a well-pitched game. Five, you could say, hey, say whenever they are, it could be, it could get a little boring. Mm-hmm. But no, five, I think would be good. Like, no one, 11 runs fine. But like, 
if you're looking at every outcome of what those right eleven nothing's a snoozer, ten to one, nine to two, like they're all right. snoozers. So it's got to be something. And so it's, I was just curious. I thought that was a fascinating. Yeah, no, that, that's a, that's a really good question. I would never have thought of that, but that is that is really good. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think I would say about five or six. Okay, yeah, I think I think you could maybe if you want to go like eight. I think between the five and eight range. I think as long as you stay within that grand slam range, that's where it really stay. Where where if you're in a five run limit. I think five runs you could still be, because you know what we get two here, and depending what inning it, you could still get a couple base hits. Yeah, you know, yeah, don't kill chip the away, rally. Chip yeah. away at it, and then and then you get in that one swing of the bat changes it all. Yeah, yeah, and like if you if it's say you're up five, I mean they get runners on second and third or first and second with one out or no out, you're like then the tension. Like say if it's a playoff, then the tension is yeah if is he, up again, or even just in a normal game, it's like oh. We gotta we gotta work our way out of this. Yeah, if if it's you know you're at five zero, you get guys on first and second like zero one outs, and you're the Indians, you probably bunt. <laughs> they did you? I meant to send you this tweet of the teams in the playoffs. Every team, Yankees, Astros, uh, Twins, Rays, and A's have bunted, sack bunted less than ten times this season. The most was eight. The Indians are thirty two. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's ridiculous. We even got hurt on the sack bunt when the White Sox did it the other night, and they couldn't take a lead for the Twins. They got burned on it in extra innings. The sack bunt, not not the time to rant, but archaic. It's archaic. Thanks for getting me fired up. Yeah, uh, I just you know I had to throw that little uh, one yeah. in there. All right, well that's gonna do it for us here on this Sunday edition of the Shore Thing. Check us out on Thursday, Apple Podcast, and wherever else you may listen to your podcast app as we pre the football weekend. Ryan, thank you. We will talk to you uh, next week, and thanks everybody out there. Have a good week.